0: all right what's up Wayne this is Wayne Allen so he's a longtime mentor of mine and i um, just gonna be talking to him today about a little bit of his experience with tattooing and uh he's been doing this 27 years when did you start Wayne? like 92 or something like that
1: yeah, October 16th, 1992. Uh, actually, did my first tattoo on my mom's birthday. My grandma, my 80-year-old grandma was there. She was sitting on the end of the bed. Uh, I think I was going to be 50. I was just going to turn 15 years old, like, within a month. Yeah. And... um
0: Like, I know a little bit about your story, I guess, you know, so like, uh, but I I feel like it's just worth talking about, you know, it's like. You want me
1: to tell this, you want me to tell my, the the whole, the whole story?
0: Yeah, man, if you, if you don't mind, I think it'd be cool to share, you know, just like the, you know, how your, your dad kind of got you into the conventions and stuff like that and how you, you were peeking through Charlie and stuff. (laughs)
1: I'll, I'll, I'll break it down for you. Cool, man. Um. So uh, when I was little, I when I was little, I used to live in a neighborhood called the Highway Village. A lot of people think that I grew up in in South Modesto, the Barrio, but I didn't. I I grew up a little bit on East Modesto, and in the Highway Village. That was a neighborhood that was, if you know, Modesto. It's a neighborhood that sits behind um, Toys R Us, and it used to sit by another neighborhood called Prescott Estates. Was which was the projects back then, the ghetto. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, there was a liquor store right there by the house. And the dude that worked there, he knew me. And I would say I was about 12 or 13 at the time. And he would let me, he would sell me like old expired Playboys and shit like that, you know what I mean? (laughs) And uh, I would hide them just like anybody else under my bed and all that. With my with my lotion and my <laughs> my scratchy towels and stuff like that, and uh, and one day my my mom my mom is my mom had me at a late age she was almost forty whenever she had me, and uh, my mom found my 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 stash <laughs> and fucking he was like my mom's a little Mexican lady my dad's a, a great big native american. He looks white but he's he's almost full blooded native american. He uh my dad really didn't have nothing to do with it. He really didn't care but my mom lost her fucking mind when she found <laughs> me. And she was like, "Where did you get these? Where did you get these?" And uh, she was trying to blame my dad and my friends and stuff. And the dude at the liquor store, he wasn't really my friend. He used to just give me the mags, you know what I mean? Like the magazines. Yes and um so i snitched him off you <laughs> know the, the dude of the liquor store well, my mom went over there and fucking threw a fit and threw those magazines at him and, and <laughs> it was a fucking mess it was embarrassing so um and that was like the liquor store right by our house like in the only store if you know modesto there's a road called cisk road and from like back then there wasn't a walmart it was like this orchard so from orangeburg all the way to stanford even past stanford there were no there was like a there was a gas station way over there on stanford by the mall yeah. but that was the only store <laughs> so uh, it kind of put me in a fucked up position so after like 6 months i had i finally went back in there right and I didn't even say oh, sorry or anything like that. I I went in there for more mags, right? <laughs> that guy was like, man, fuck you. There's a whole point to this story, but that how it connects to my tattoo crew. But he was like, man, fuck you, man. You fucking snitch. Your mom came in here. I'll never give you magazines again. So I was like, man, that's fucked up. So he's like, you know what I can give you? I can give you these. And they were Easy Rider magazines. For People don't know what Easy Rider is. Those were the the motorcycle magazines, the choppers, you know? Yeah. And um, they were like old biker nasty magazines, right? Old nasty women. <laughs> but in the standard, it, uh, some of times, sometimes uh, there would be chicks on there without their tops on, you know, with the titties hanging out. Yeah. So he was like, I can give you these, you know what I mean? So fucking, it was like a jab at my mom because He could give me those. They were legal back then. You know what I mean? Even though they had a a breast or two in them. But in in the middle of almost every single Easy Rider magazine, there were three pages dedicated to tattoos. Mm. And they weren't like tattoos I had seen on the gang members in our neighborhood. Those were all shit. Um, They were like, they had like color in them. They were things I had never seen before, you know? Uh, so I had went back over there. I was just like, these are amazing. So I had went back over to that liquor store and I told that dude, uh, Hey man, you got any more of these? And then he was yeah. like, yeah. Did you like those old biker bitches? Dude? Yeah. I got a hell of them. <laughs> and I was, and I was like, man, no, I really didn't care about the girls no more. I was like, I like these. And he was like, Oh, tattoo magazines, man. I yeah. got a shitload of those. Nobody buys those. I got some from years ago and he had took me in the back and sure enough, he had these old fucking scratchy magazine tattoo magazines he had never sold and and they were just the original tattoo magazines right yeah like eight of them and some of them were like doubled up and all that you know and he's like here if you like tattoos you can have these and gave me a stack of them and and it blew my fucking mind it blew my mind yeah that, that dude became my friend and started ordering a magazine he couldn't order the tattoo magazine anymore I think because it didn't sell or he couldn't, I don't know the politics, I was so young, but he could also, but he couldn't order a magazine that was called Savage back in the day. Okay, yeah. A lot of tattoo artists nowadays, they don't even know what that is because everything's on the internet. But there was Tattoo uh, International Tattoo, or Tattoo International, and then there was Savage.
2: Right.
1: Savage had a mix of both. They had girls with their nipples pierced, you know what I mean, they should clear piercings. It was more of a fucking rebel magazine. It's more your style. More my style. All the tattoos in there sucked. I didn't know how to tattoo. The ones in Tattoo Magazine, I couldn't even fathom how those were done. But in Savage, there was some shitty work in there that I can fucking fuck with. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I became really intrigued with it, and then um. And then right when my birthday had came around, right? My, um, well, what had happened was my cousin Bucky was a lot younger than me, but a lot smarter than me. And he was like, you want to do those, those tattoos? I can make you that, a machine like that,
2: right? Yeah.
1: And I don't know how he knew it. He'd never been to prison. He was only like 12. <laughs> but he had made like a prison tattoo machine for me. There nice. was no internet back then nothing like that. i don't know how he saw it he wasn't he was like he was just a white little blonde headed kid but he made like a, a little tattoo machine and um immediately i thought i could do it right <laughs> so on my, we were all partying at my mom's birthday one time and my grandma had came from colorado my cousin was there and one of my cousins was like tattoo me on my butt cheek do like a skull so I did like this bull skull with the the sun coming up behind it. It was like the size of a silver dollar, and it was fucking haggard as fuck, right? Oh, it was just horrible. That was the first tattoo I'd ever done, you know. And yeah. um, after that, I just became addicted to it. And then my mom had it asked me, "What do you want for your birthday?" And in the back of tattoo magazines, there was no internet, right? Right. In the back of tattoo magazines, there were classified ads. And in the classified ads, it would tell where the tattoo conventions were at, which were illegal at the time in places. <laughs> and the, one of them had said there was one in Vallejo, California, right? And uh, so I told my mom, I want to go to this for my birthday. And we were poor as fuck. That, yeah. that was Vallejo to me was like in a different state. But my dad, to me it was, but my dad, you know, but my dad was like, oh, that's just an hour away. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, can we go? And so my mom and my dad they had recycled all their cans and stuff and we loaded up in my dad's truck and they took me to my first tattoo show for my birthday, right? Oh yeah. But what I didn't know is that if you're not um, 18 years old and you're at a tattoo convention and you're 15, you don't know nothing about tattoos like you can't get tattoos nobody wants to talk to you about tattoos like you're like you're like on a different planet you know what I mean as soon as we walked in they had this chick savage magazine had their booth there and I was all oh the magazine that I love you know what I mean of course because they're a tattoo show but when you walked in they had these people hanging from hooks you know yeah and my parents were all whoa what the fuck you know what I mean they were used to that shit you know
0: That's crazy that they were doing that back then because they're still doing it today. You know, it's still a big part about tattoo conventions is that like suspension and other stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it, it was huge back then. And a lot of people didn't know that. People from Europe were coming and doing it and they were piercing dicks and hanging uh, nipples. And it was pretty, and it was so intense. My dad was like, well, I'm gonna go out in the truck and have a beer with your mom. Let me know whenever you're ready. And, so I walked around, and then, like, after 20 minutes, I was fucking bored as fuck, right? Yeah. So I went and sat in the food court area, and I was like, this is not what I thought it was, right? At all. So then, <laughs> so then um, I went out. I had sat there for a couple hours, and I went out to the truck, and I was like, all right, Dad, I'm ready to go. And then he was like, you're already all right. And they just sat in the truck and drank beer while I sat in the food court inside the venue. (laughs) I didn't have the heart to tell them it was boring as fuck, you know. So then on the way home, I I had this epiphany like, man, like, that sucks. You know what I mean? That was horrible. That was worse than being in detention. You know, (laughs) It, it was really boring. I don't know. People will now i you know when people want to get tattooed they always want to bring their friends and i'm like why'd you bring them they're going to sit here bored fucking tattoos no matter if you love it or not it's boring unless you you love it like we do so then um
0: yeah but as a 15 year old i could see how you know like it was yeah
1: yeah Yeah, so (laughs) now now it's like 10 o'clock at night and it's bumper to bumper traffic i think there were some sports things going on in the bay and I'm just sitting in the back of the truck and my parents will listen to music. And then my mom, uh, my mom had always, my parents always fucking spoiled me even though that they were, they were poor as fuck. You know what I mean? They figured out a way. But my mom had yeah. turned around when I was in the back seat and got on her knees and was facing me because she's tiny, you know? So she was able just to flip around to talk to me. And she was like, did you enjoy your birthday present? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, I got you one more. And she gave me yeah. this little box as a surprise, right?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it was dark in there. I couldn't tell what it was. So I opened up the box and she had bought me a machine called the Nail Gun 2000 from Precision. Like the most expensive tattoo machine yeah. you could buy. I had, <laughs> it blew my mind. So I was just all, I couldn't really see it because it's dark in the back seat. you know what I mean? But I had known my mom had went and bought something that she didn't know was, you know what I mean? She had bought something, she had no idea what it was. I didn't even know. So when I got home, I'm looking at this fucking, it looked like something from space, right? (laughs) Badass machine. I had no idea how to work it. I didn't know where the needles went. I had no idea even how to turn it on. It fucking scared me. Like when my, it scared me like when my cousins used to tell me, get on my dirt bike and ride it. And I was like, no way, you know what I mean? I'm not get on that thing. Yeah. It scared me like motorcycles scared me. I, did, I was just staring at it, right? And I didn't have the heart. To tell my parents, honestly, I thought that place sucked. I never want to do that. You know what I mean? (laughs) They had bought me this like $500 tattoo gun machine. So I remember it was really late. We had got home and I was sitting on the end of my bed. And I was looking at this machine, right? This, this I had no idea what it was. And I was just staring at it. And uh, can you hear me? Yeah. So I was just looking at it and it was really late, and my dad had jumped in the shower when we got home, but I can see from my bedroom, I could see into the bathroom the reflection of him combing his long hair. He used to have long hair, right? Yeah. And my dad's a great big man. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, right? Yeah. He's a big fucking dude. Yeah, so, he's been... Yeah, so he's combing his hair, and he can see me, and he was like, hey, how'd you like that tattoo show? That shit was badass, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and man, they had them crazy fuckers hanging from hooks? What? That fucking shit almost made me throw up. And I was like, yeah. And then he he poked his head into my room when my mom wasn't looking, and he said something that changed my life. He said, man, I'll tell you what, son. Them tattoo artists get a lot of pussy, huh? (laughs) And I fucking blew my mind. I didn't even... It didn't even dawn on me. That's where it all started from. You know what I mean? It yeah. all started from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it it all started from these, those magazines from the guy giving them to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> to the Savage yeah. magazine. There was still a connection there, you know? So <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> my
0: birthday's
1: in November. So my birthday's in November. And then uh, in, um, right around the corner is Christmas, right? Yeah. My mom was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, I opened up the back of the magazine and I was like, I want to go to this. It found a classified ad, the San Francisco Tattoo Show, right? Nice. My mom was like, no, we just went to one. And I was like, I know mom, but the machine you got me, it needs like these parts and needles and we can't, m- there's no tattoo supplies near Modesto. Right. Ever. If you wanted yeah. a tattoo needle, you had to build it. And you had to find an old timer to teach you build it. And for him to do that, You had to lick his ass for three years before he would teach you how to build it and clean his shop and do his lawn, all that shit, right? I was only 15. I wasn't even allowed in tattoo shops, you know? Right. Like, I told my mom, I have to go to this to buy these parts. Like, this thing is pointless. You spend all this money. I can't even use it. I had a, um, on my Christmas break, I would go deliver furniture with my dad because that's what he did. And I would make, his boss would pay me. So I was like, I'm gonna work through Christmas break. I'll have that money, and then we can go. It's in between. It was the New Year's tattoo show, right? Yeah. So I was gonna have a little bit of money from working with Dad, and I could buy some parts. I didn't care about the parts or nothing. I wanted to see if Dad, I didn't if Dad was <laughs> right about <the> pussy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the San Francisco tattoo show, and it blew my mind. I didn't even notice it. People love tattoo artists. They love them. Love them. So I had to ask why. So I'm walking around this show. And this time, my parents just dropped me off. And we're like, we're going to go eat at the wharf and all that. Um, and then we're going to go to my my grandma. Lived in San Leandro at the time. And then yeah. we're going to go see grandma and stay there. When you're ready, call grandma's house. And we'll come get you. right? So... They were gonna be in the Bay Area anyways. They dropped me off the show and they go fart around and then go hang out my grandmas and I'm done. Call grandma. So I uh, they dropped me off and I started walking around and I was all whoa, this is crazy, right? It was a pretty it was pretty it was a lot better than the Vallejo show, right? Yeah. And I I noticed that women loved tattoo artists. Every tattoo artist had a couple just amazing <laughs> when you're 15 years old, half-naked chicks, right? So then I had asked this, tat, this, this tattoo artist, I had asked him, hey, how, how come you guys get so much girls? You know what I mean? <laughs> and he said, the tattoo artists are the coolest guys in the world, on earth. And I didn't, know, I, I didn't know what he meant by that. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, if you go to a rock show and you see a bunch of, I don't care how famous they are if they're on stage fucking ripping it and getting it, and none of them have tattoos, they look lame as fuck. And I was just all, he's all, the moment they have tattoos, they become cool. We make (laughs) rock stars fucking cool. They wouldn't be cool without us. If we were in a room, a VIP room, and there was nothing but rock stars and celebrities in there, and they found out that a tattoo artist was in the room, they wanna talk to us they immediately come up to us and it's like that to this day all the rappers and stuff when i'm around certain people and all that they come straight to us we make them cool we make society cool we are the coolest motherfuckers in the world (laughs) that's the honest to god truth we make everybody fucking cool right yeah yeah you know and I've always lived by that. I've always taught my apprentices that you respect your art. You don't be at bars make being a fucking drunk, making an ass out of yourself. You're the coolest motherfucker in the room. Fucking act like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, and that goes all the way around. On every Wherever you go, wherever, regardless if you're in a grocery store, people think that we're either criminals, but the moment we find out that we're tattoo artists, we become from the scum of the earth. the coolest motherfuckers on earth you know what i mean yeah you have to really cherish that and you have to own that and you have to respect it a lot like you do forever even if a cop pulls you over and he sees you with all your tattoos the moment you tell where are you going i'm going to work i'm a tattoo artist he becomes (laughs) your best friend
3: oh i
1: have tattoos you know what i mean (laughs) so you have to love that you know and bitches like it that's (laughs) why (laughs) um so then i started studying tattoos and i've always everybody knows i'm mainly tattooed women you know what i mean
2: yeah
1: and flirt with them and have a good time and um before it was just to meet chicks and then it became to where it's kind of like that's really who i only because i've been tattooing them for so long i just that's my demographic you know what i mean has nothing to do with them or trying to get laid anymore that shit was gone fucking 10 years ago you know what I mean now it's just the demographic people that I you know it's just my clientele yeah Um, but then after that but then after that I still didn't you need I still didn't know how to use that machine right
0: yeah
1: I was still I had been hanging out with other guys and there was no tattoo art in our town right good time charlie
0: good time charlie
1: your time, Charlie. A, a genius, the best tattoo artist in the world, still my idol to this day, number one tattoo idol, which is Chow, you know. Oh, wow, uh, yeah, he's good. And, um, and, uh, another boy that they, I forgot his name was Gabriel. I believe the his nickname was Weddle. And a guy named Rob Lopez, who's still around to this day. And, uh, <laughs> Those two boys were street tattoo artists, Chow and Good Time Charlie were shop owners. They, okay. you know what I mean? Um, and then me, and, and um, I had started actually before Rob and the other boy, but they were older than me. So they, were, they could drive, so they could go get their supplies and go to their clients and really make moves when really I was just tattooing in my room with my pit bull. On yeah. whatever high school girl I could get in there, you know what I mean. And I used to tattoo for forty ounces in a dime sack of weed. That was my price. So, yeah. yeah. and it even said that on my business cards. I had, maybe, I had hand drawn these business cards right in high school, and then my buddy was a graphic designer. And I just wrote him with a pen and just said tattoos by Wayne Allman and it said price uh, 40 ounce of beer and a dime sack of weed and <laughs> really I'm not kidding and then I gave it to my buddy he was in graphic arts in high school at the time and then he put them on regular piece of paper and was able to p- put them on squares on one piece of paper and then gave me a stack of those and then I went and cut them with those big old cutters and they yeah. were just flimsy, regular paper business yeah. <laughs> My uncles still have them, and they're like haggard. They yeah. you know, they look like old uh, Chinese fortunes that you have in your wallet. Like they're just <laughs> nasty, you know. But I those worked, and I would hand those out to everybody, and I attached to everybody in my high school and other high schools, and but and then um, and then I kind of became known. And then around when I was 17, um, my, there was a pi, there was a tattoo shop that had opened up and it was the third most, pre- the third shop in Modesto and it was called Pirate's Pricks. Okay. When I was younger, end of the trail was the biggest shit on the block and they still are. And when you go into the end of the trail, as soon as you walk in that shop, you can make a right, go to the far wall, make a left, go all the way to the back wall, make another left, make another left, and it puts you at this window where the old man tattoos. Good uh, yeah. time Charlie tattoos. So when I was younger, I would sneak in there, go all the way around where he couldn't see me, and then yeah. come up the backside and just kind of stand where he couldn't see me and watch him tattoo everything he did with the exception of the machine he used. I would go home and call up one of my cousins or friends and try it on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I would sneak back in there and he would always fucking chase me out of there. He would always talk shit to me. He'd call me a scratch artist. (laughs) And then back then I had no respect because once he was me, if you have never been into end of the trail, it's the best, it's the most amazing shop on the fucking planet, right? It's wallpapered in flash of the best artists ever artists that are alive to this day, Jack Rudy and, and, uh, yeah, just badass motherfuckers and lucky and, just amazing artists, right? But I would in the olden days, there's there was pictures, there was signs on the wall that said if you pull your camera out or take any pictures in the shop, they'll break your fucking hands. And <clears throat> the camera. Cameras were never ever ever allowed in tattoo shops. Number one, because you could still flash off the wall and have a dirtbag dirt bag like me tattooed on you in his bedroom. <clears throat> or you could take a pitch back then. You absolutely could not know how a tattoo was done. You can yeah. speak so about it unless you were in your apprenticeship. You weren't allowed to ever ask, "Hey, what's that?" or "What's this?" or "What?" Never. Those secrets were valuable. Even if you worked to another tattoo artist, you couldn't even ask him what his secret tricks were. Yeah. Everybody was different, you know. All the way from putting a little band in your in your needle, yeah. you know, all yeah. that shit. <laughs> all that shit was sacred. You know what I mean? Everybody was yeah. always like. Um, so, yeah. so, back then, I didn't know how sacred it was. I just thought they were dicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would take um, ceram wrap and I would sneak into Good Time Charlie's shop and see a design that I liked. And I would put the ceram <laughs> wrap. And I only did tattoos this big back then, right? Yeah. I put the ceram wrap over it and I would trace it with a Sharpie pin, right? Yeah. Put onto it. Go home on my bike like this while it was drying.
2: Put it down.
1: I'm not kidding. Put it down and and transfer that. Um, If you put it on a piece of paper, you just flatten out the saran wrap, get a little wet, and it would transfer, and then you could trace it, right? Uh, Old school fucking tricks, super old school tricks. And he would catch me do that and flip out. He not do tracing paper because you just couldn't see through it unless there was a light board. And right. all, he, he's smart he knew people would try to trace it off that so he would take his designs in gloom with a black background you know yeah. so if you go yeah. in there everything's black you can't put a tracing paper and just trace it off it doesn't work yeah. like that and he would catch me doing that and fucking flip out dude <laughs> and then rob lopez <laughs> and, and gabriel they were like you're crazy you're right. <laughs> so then when i was there so back then there was a shop called pirates and we had i remember when we had went me and my dad had went by there one time and there was all these fucking, uh bikers out there i can't say the name but notorious uh, biker group was out there right sure, the yeah. <laughs> so um i told my dad what is that and this was right around this was even a couple years before uh not before i was tattooing i was tattooing but I had never seen that place before. So I was like, what is that place? And he's like, oh, that, that's a tattoo shop too. Like, you you know, you like tattoos, that's a tattoo shop. And I had never seen it, right? And I remember we drove past it and I saw this big fucking massive man out there, bigger than my dad, covered in tattoos, scary as fuck.
3: <laughs>
1: I had never seen that place. And my dad's like, yeah, it's been a couple years now. So these, and my dad told me, don't go near that place, dude. Don't go no, nowhere near it. <laughs> So as soon as we got home, my dad went and took a nap. I went in the backyard, grabbed my bike, and rode straight over there.
2: Rode, you rode
1: know, all right into downtown, right over there. By the time I had got there, there were – by the time I got there, there were none of those bikes were out there. There was just that big dude, right? Yeah. So back then I was kind of cocky. I grew up in a gang neighborhood. I would just start a conversation with you right away, you know, so I went riding right up to him, stopped my bike, and was like, what's up with your name? And he was like, what? I kind of caught him on guard, right? No. But I was intrigued. Like, I thought we were brothers because I do tattoos. And I had only done, like, maybe 20 tattoos at the time. All <laughs> shit, And it was all with the homemade tattoo machine, right? Yeah. So then I was like, I do tattoos, right? And he's like, you do tattoos? The fuck, right? <laughs> So then, um, so then, uh, this is actually before the San Francisco show. This is uh, this is probably in between, then two weeks after the Vallejo show, right? So then, no, this is two weeks before the Vallejo show. So then, I was like, "Yeah, I do tattoos," and then he's like, "You do tattoos?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I went to go walk in his shop. Right? He's like, "Whoa, can't come in here, dude. How old are you?" And I was like, uh only fifteen and he's like, You can't come in here, dude. Like he was big, right? And I was like, What's your name? And he's like, Pirate, what's your name? And I was like, uh I think I had <laughs> lied to him because my dad had told me not to go over there, right? So Yeah. I think I lied to him about my name because I don't remember saying Wayne or something, right? Yes. <laughs> so then I left. And then around the time my birthday at the Vallejo show and all that, I had rode back over there, right? Yeah. And then he was standing out front again. So I had rolled up and I had did this slide thing right at him. And he was like, <laughs> Whoa. And I was like, hey, today's my birthday. Give me a tattoo. Right. And he was like, I'm not going to fucking tattoo. And he's like, I'm not going to tattoo. Today's your birthday. And I was like, well, it's going to be in a week, you know? So then he was like, no, man, am I- I- you're fucking crazy kid, right? And he was covered. He's a scary fucking dude. He's like, no, man, you're crazy. And he was like, today's really your birthday? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're a Scorpio? And I was all, no, I'm not a Scorpion, right? And I was <laughs> like, what? I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's November. You're signed. You're Scorpio. You know what the Scorpio sat? And he's trying to explain it to me. I was like, I don't know what that means, right? Yeah. Can I get a tattoo or not, <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm trying to remember the timelines, but all this is around the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so then, so then I left. But I would always stop by and fuck with him and bother him. He never let me in the shop. Yeah. But from that day on, he always called me Scorpio. And it stuck. That became my tattoo name for fucking years. So, uh... and then he went to prison for like a year and a half. And I didn't see him. And then uh, he was like my the only guy that talked to me about tattoos.
2: Yeah.
1: And I had that one machine that my mom had gave me, right? And I had no parts for it. And I had been tattooing everybody with my shitty homemade machine. And yeah. now I have a nickname with business cards. And they said, scorp. Uh, they said tattoos by Scorpio for 40 ounce of beer you can get. In a 10 sack of weed, you can, you know what I mean? And yeah. I was tattooing everybody because there was no tattoo artist back then. You have to remember that. There was, yes. there was three shops with those three guys and then these two other Mexican dudes who just tattooed on the homies on the West Side.
0: Yeah. You know. It's crazy how far uh, branding has kind of come and since then, you know, like people were just doing cards and that's crazy, like the internet advertising <laughs> and everything. <so>.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I had a nickname, I had cards, and I had the shitty tattoo machine and shitty yeah. tattoos. So, you know, uh, um, people knew, found out, my name got around in our small town. Another tattoo shop opened and it was called Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah. And he was actually friends with Pirate, right? And Pirate was in jail. So I had went in there acting like I was big shit because he gave me my nickname and I was like, what's up, Buffalo Bill? My name's Scorpio, I'm Pirate's friend. <laughs> you know Pirate owed him a bunch of money and did him dirty, right? So he was like, yeah, right? I did, I was just in there being naive as fuck talking about shit I shouldn't have been talking about, right? <laughs> so, Buffalo Bill, I'm Scorpio, I'm Pirate's friend, right? Yeah. He's like, that fucker owes me 1400 bucks. You tell him what I see him. And I was like, oh, fuck, right? Well, then I would go hang out with Buffalo Bill sometimes. A couple of times, right? But Buffalo Bill was fucking, he was a mean dude, right? He was a biker, yeah. you know. He, he was a, the meanest, nicest guy. He was one of those guys. <laughs> right? So one time I had went over there and I was like, check this out. I've had this for like a couple of years now. And it was that machine, the nail. And he grabbed it and he was like, Where'd you get this? And I was like, my mom got it for me. It's from Arizona. It's cool. (laughs) You got any tattoos with it? And I was like, nah. But he didn't know that I only had that. I didn't have a power supply, a clip cord, a foot pedal. I didn't even know what those were, right? (laughs) So he was like, I'll trade you. And I was like, you'll trade me what? And he was like, I'll trade you this machine, one barrel, one needle, one clip cord, one foot pedal, and one power supply five ink caps in a little bottle, little tiny bottle of black ink. You know, um, the mint stuff you drip into your mouth. Yeah. It was just one of those that he had just sucked up black ink out and filled it up. (laughs) He's like, I'll trade you a whole, that's a whole professional tattoo kit. Teach you how to work it and everything for one hour for that one machine, that $500 nail. And I fucking traded him for it, right? Yeah. I reg- I've always uh, regretted that because my mom bought me that, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: But, man, I, I wanted that fucking I, – I wanted to learn how to tattoo so bad like a professional. I yeah. was like – yeah, I just traded him right away. He taught me how to
0: work it, you
1: know? Yeah. yeah, he taught me how to work it, you know? And uh, and then I went and did fucked up tattoos, right? <laughs> Until pirate got out of prison, and when pirate got out of prison, I was about eighteen at the time, and yeah. then uh, started working for him right away. He opened up his tattoo shop right away, and I worked for him. And he was a crazy, sick bastard. I didn't know that, right? <laughs> he was a, he was a really sick individual. Right? <laughs> and then uh, I worked side by side with him, and he taught me exactly how not to do a tattoo, because yes. everything was shit that I put out everything and then that that notorious biker group he uh we were talking about right yeah he uh had he he had done them dirty i really can't talk about it you know right them yeah. Them dirty and then um and then the shop got raided and yeah closed it down you know what i mean Closed yeah, his I shit think, down.
0: <laughs> i think there's like a, probably a lot of that going on in that era right yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and then uh and then I just kept tattooing out of my house and stuff like that, right yeah, and then before I had known it, nine years had passed that I had been tattooing. now I was like twenty three twenty four years old, you know what I mean? yeah, still putting out shit work, got guys in the town like good time Charlie who who owns. Tattoo Heaven, you know what I mean? And you have this kid that's as old as me named Chow who won Best Tattoo Artist in the World in 2000, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you had Scorpio who tattooed next, everybody knew he tattooed next to Shitbag Pirate and (laughs) if you wanted a really shitty tattoo, you can come to me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I did a lot of tattoos back then. You'd be surprised how many people wanted shooting tattoos. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So did you like hit a wall where you were like, I want to produce like like better work or do something different than at that point is what you saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So we're getting to that. So yeah. then <laughs> so then, I had uh, collected some cool tattoo equipment along the way. Uh, yeah. oh, sitting, sitting over here, I still have uh Pirate's original tattoo power supply. You know what I mean? Uh,
3: really?
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, I still have it over here. And, uh, and then, um I collected all kinds of cool shit along the way. And even though Pirate was a shitty tattoo artist, people in our town still wanted stuff that he had. Like I yeah. had a lot of his flash and his book. I still have his, his original books as, from the early, uh, the late 80s. I still have yeah. his flashbooks at the R- the Red Dragon. We still have them, you know? Oh, yeah. And- um.
0: The part of history for Modesto kind
1: of. Yeah, it's a part of history for Modesto, you know? And people yeah. would still want to get tattooed by me because I used to work next to the Notorious pirate. You know what <laughs> I mean? And, um, and he would always hype me up. Oh, that Scorpio, he's the next biggest thing. And uh, even though I wasn't, So after going into my ninth year, I was like, this is horrible. Like, I was just really embarrassed. I would be at concerts or at the mall. I'll tell you another funny story, but I'd be at the concerts or the mall, and guys would walk up to me and go, Scorpio. And I'd go, what's up? And they'd go, you fucked my arm up, motherfucker. And I'd be like, oh, shit. And I would have to, like, run out of there, right? I had to learn to fly. (laughs) All kinds of shit.
0: That's so why I, I always hear uh, when we're at the shop back in the day, people would be like, Oh, Wayne did my first tattoo. And you'd be like, Did I fuck it up? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what was funny was um, I'll tell you one of those horror stories. So, uh, one time these guys had called me, these West Side boys had called me and said, We're having a house party. Yeah. And your tattoo, Scorpio, will rent you for $500. For, for one day, 24 hours of tattooing. <laughs> and back then, that was like a million dollars, right? <laughs> so I went to this little duplex house deep in the West light on a road called Colorado. And they had blocked off the kitchen for me and set up the kitchen table so I could do tattoos, right?
2: Yeah.
1: But then that house party got packed. And by 1130, they were shooting guns like, in the house and partying getting fucking crazy getting crazy in there well i'm trying to do these tattoos right so the biggest homie the biggest guy comes up and he's like he's the last one and i'm tired and it's like i'd be i got got there till five and now it's like two in the morning i've done like eight tattoos all small ones His was the biggest one. I said, I'll do yours last because everybody just wanted writing, gang writing. Yeah. And back then, there was only one kind of writing, the calligraphy, Chicano calligraphy, or Old English. So I was doing a lot of Old English, a lot of calligraphy, which I was actually good at. So then, um, writing, I'm not good at writing anymore. I was good at that kind of writing back then. Uh, So then, so um, so this is one of those horror stories. So he wanted... Really pretty smile now, cry later with the smile now, cry later clowns on them. Yeah. That was a good thing back then. Freddie Negretti had invented that. Everybody loved it. It took off much like roses right now and stuff like that. The nautical star, yeah. you know, uh, things like that. Um, so I had done the writing really pretty, tattooed it and everything, tattooed the clowns on them. Really cool. I was really tired. They were getting me stoned. I didn't smoke weed back then. <laughs> they were making me take shots. I didn't drink. I was young as fuck. I was like 16 at the time. Mm -hmm. And everybody was fucked up. And I wiped off the tattoo to check it out. And both clowns were happy as fuck. (laughs) Smile now,
3: smile later.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I started fucking getting dizzy, bro. I started getting dizzy and everybody's like that's badass and nobody had noticed because he was a big guy and one clown was over here and the other one's on the back yeah. and I I had was like I gotta go pee and I went into the bathroom and I started pasting back and forth like a crazy man right yeah. I was like oh my god they're gonna kill me I gotta get out of here so I left all my tattoo machine shit climbed out wow. their little window and then went out their back door jumped over that fence it sprained my ankle really bad and it was football <clears throat> season to played football at the time
2: oh, no.
1: and they had pit bulls in that yard that were nice thank god and then i power all <laughs> this dog shit in the backyard i didn't even know uh, made it to their side fence and then lent all the way to martin luther king and Mays and called my dad at, like by this time it was almost four in the morning because it took me like an hour to get out of that backyard and yeah. I was thinking they were going to find me. I was freaking out. So then I call my dad and he picks me. He's like, I fucking told you don't, fuck. I thought you were at home in bed right now. Right. <laughs> Where's all your tattoo equipment at? Right. So then I was like, just take me home, dad. And then, and then I never heard of those guys again. Right. Oh, man. And then like two years later, the guy who rented me <laughs> bumps into me at the mall and was like, Scorpio what's up and I was like what's up dude and I'm like my heart was beating really fast and he, he got back then. tattoos on your face was not a thing yeah and he, this guy had tattoos on his face back then right he right. was fucking scary he's like dude that night was so sick that was like the sickest house party ever throw dude you got so drunk you left without me paying you and you forgot all your equipment yeah and dude I still owe you for that night and he gave me the rest of his money in his wallet yeah and he never, like, he never said, you fucked up a homeboy's tattoo, you know what I mean? <laughs> that never came up. So that's one, hor- one of my horror stories, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah, man.
1: Things like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I was yeah. at an Aussie concert one time, and out of nowhere I got punched in the face in the mosh pit, and I thought somebody was moshing too hard, right? So I'm in this mosh pit, and I get sucked right in the face. And I'm like, hey, motherfucker, like, a I- fucking you don't do that in mosh pits like keep it friendly yeah. but you know and i looked and it was this biker dude and he was at mosh pit and he had recognized me and was like that's the guy who fucked my tattoo up so this come around. i'm punching him so i turn around he's like you fucked my arm up motherfucker And know this was two hours away from modesto right <laughs> so i had to run out of the crowd i knew exactly who he was i saw his shitty tattoo he was right you know what i mean yeah so things like that added up. And then finally I went into a tattoo shop called Still Smoking. Yeah. And at the time there had been this graffiti boy who started doing tattoos. Now there was another graffiti boy who was who had just blown up around that same time. His name was Lord Jopa. Right. His, he was fucking amazing. He was doing portraits before anybody before Bob Tyrell before anybody yeah. before anybody was doing portraits he was doing portraits in 97 before Cat amazing shit right yeah well he had just blown up around that time around my ninth year and he he had only been tattooing maybe three years and he was already doing amazing shit so that made me feel really awful you know what i mean
0: (laughs) that's a good thing though right to feel awful
1: yeah "Yeah." and then he and then well i didn't feel good at the time, no. 'Cause yeah. I had been tattooing way longer than him. Nobody would help me. Good time Charlie wouldn't help me. Yeah. I wasn't child didn't even know who I didn't care for me. I was by myself. The guy right. learned to tattoo. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't have no help. None. So fucking Jopa had came out and then he introduced another Lord, Lord Sabor. And he right. was even better than Jopa. Right? right? And then he'd only been tattooing two years and was doing Amazing shit, shit as good as chow, right? So I was like, fuck this, I quit, right? So I had went into that shop and was like, hey, I heard you just started out. You know, you've only been tattooing a couple years. You're doing amazing tattoos. I'm going to stop tattooing. Would you like to buy my equipment or would you like to trade for a tattoo? Yeah. I didn't know he knew who I was. And he was like, Scorpio, you can't quit. You're like iconic in this town. You're our third tattoo artist. Like, uh, you can't quit. And I was like, oh, he knows me, right? So he's like, man, I remember he used to tattoo at Pirates. And he kind of like knew this little history about me, right? Yeah. So he's like, I'll show you what you're doing wrong. I'll show you what Chow showed, jo- so Joppa, and I'll show you. And that was like amazing to me. You know what I mean? Chow had went to the Bay Area and learned how to tattoo, came back, showed Jopa. Jopas showed Sabor and Sabor was like, I'll show you. And I was like, fuck. So Sabor, I always said Sabor apprenticed me, but he didn't. Apprentices even when you go and lick somebody's ass for a couple of years. You know what I mean? He just showed me. Right? Yeah. He showed me how to build mag needles, showed me why my outline sucked, showed me taught me how that tattooing isn't isn't dotting. It's actually packing. It should be called packing. You know, you wow. pack the ink in, you know. He, he, for one, I was tattooing everything with an outliner. He taught me the difference between an outliner and a shader, you know. Yeah. And um, I was using 14 rounds. He told me throw those away. Don't ever use them again. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> and he showed me how to tattoo. And he created a monster after that. And, and after that, I I had, uh, got pretty good at tattooing. Yeah. And uh, um, my uh, my my baby, I, I, had had, I had had my daughter at the time and I would go to the shop and tattoo at midnight. And my schedule was at, at Pirates back in the day at midnight. And and my daughter, I, I had her at night and I would just put her in the, in the next tattoo artist's booth because the shop was empty. And I would just put her in the playpen she would sleep in there all night right yeah but now my daughter was a little older and now i had a son on the way so it came i needed the money really bad right
2: yeah
1: so then i uh got pretty decent at tattooing and got this crazy idea that i was going to go to colorado and tattoo and think my name was shit here in town right yeah well I thought it was. So I was like, I'm going to go where tattoos aren't popular and make it popular and take all this cool shit I learned to a place where there's no tattoos and act like I invented all this shit, right? And um, so I had went to uh, uh, Colorado and didn't find any work out there. And I forgot it snowed there and I hate snow.
0: Yeah.
1: And I and um other tattoo artists there when i was introducing myself i would tell them i was from california and they would make fun of me i didn't know people from colorado didn't like people from california and they would go (laughs) say things like oh really surf's up dude you know and i'd be like (laughs) never even been to the ocean you know what i mean like (laughs) you know and i hated it out there and i didn't know what to do and i just moved my my little family out there i was trying to do what you did i was exactly what you did but it worked for you, yeah. you know what I mean? it wasn't even working a little bit for me and it snowed out there yeah. <laughs> very yeah, soon.
0: Like, we have the internet you know it's easier to find people now it's like I can't only imagine moving in the middle of some place you never no knew internet.
1: Yeah. no internet no cell phone yeah. I, no. I, had, I had to carry this I had to carry this piece of paper that was folded in fours with probably 150 phone numbers on it, this small, with their names next to it. That was my Rolodex. <laughs> I always had to pull that out and then find a cell phone and find change. And it was yeah. miserable. So then I had called, my mom had called and was like, how's it going out there? And I was like, it sucks. Right. So then she called me a couple of days later and was like, just come home. I got you a job at a tattoo shop on McHenry. Yeah. And there was only one end of the trail back then. Um, Buffalo Bill was there, but by that, this time he had sh- moved his shop. So I was like, mom, no, you didn't. And she said, <laughs> yes, I did. It's across the street from 7-Eleven by on Morrison McHenry, which again, end of the trail, right? Yeah. She's like, I talked to the guy. He said, yes. So then I didn't believe her, right? She said, he even called here and asked when you were coming in, listen to his the answering machine.
0: Yeah, so you thought she was talking about end
1: of the trail? Yes. <laughs> I got on the first train home. I yeah. even, I even left my girlfriend and my kid there and was like, "I'm going now. I'll send yes. you guys." We didn't have enough money. Right. I thought I got. I thought my mom got me a job at end of the trail, my dream shop
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So then I walk. I I come home on a two day, two and a half day train ride. I don't even sleep. I go with my. I had my mom take me straight over there with my tattoo equipment, all my luggage in the car from the train station, tired as fuck, walked in there and was like, what's up? You guys finally gave me a job. The old man looked at me and said, what the fuck are you doing in here, Scorpio? You know you're not allowed in here. And I was like, my mom said, said." so then I went back to the the back. She had parked behind Running Iron because I told her to park back there. So then I went back to the truck and was like, what the fuck are you talking? Are you crazy, mom?
2: Yeah.
1: So then she got my arm like a, like a five-year-old, went to walk me back in there, walked me past into the trail, and I was like, it's not this tattoo shop. And she was like, oh, no, I didn't even see this shop. This <laughs> shop. And it was the shop next door that they had just opened, the most disrespectful fucking thing you can do, which, yeah. was, which was House of Styles at the time. So I was telling my mom, I can't work here. Are you crazy? Just look at me, bud. Dude, (laughs) you have no idea what I was going through. I just got off this train ride. I thought, you know what I mean? Yeah. It it fucked me up. But when I had went in there and talked to Cookie, I had told him, hey, I, I thought this was the end of the trail, you know what I mean? And he was like, "No, no, no! This is House of Styles." And I was like, "You guys opened like two doors down. This is like really right. disrespectful." And he was like, "Yeah, I, I um, oh hold on, let me plug my charger in." He was he was like, "Yeah, I know, but um, I already signed the lease and all that, and I'm from Stockton. I didn't know, you know what I mean?"
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I'm plugging my phone in, so let me.
0: That's okay.
1: So then, um. I needed the job at the time, and then he was like, "How come you never applied there?" And I was like, "Yeah, several times. They don't like me, you know." Yeah. And he's like, "So what does it matter if you work here or not? They don't like true. you." So I took the job. I needed it, and yeah. and I dropped the name Scorpio because I'd gotten a bunch of trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. With that name, and and I wanted to, Scorpio was known for doing shitty tattoos. You know, and I was trying mm. to rebuild myself. And um, I had a new style. I knew how to tattoo pretty good. I knew how to always knew how to draw. You know what I mean? And then um, so I took that job, and I learned a lot of from. I learned a lot from that dude. Cookie was the guy who hired me. You know, I learned a lot about business, and I made all new. I made all new friends, and it was a, a pivotal moment in my life. Like I'm glad I took that job.
0: Yeah, but when you first got there, that was probably so like scary and shocking because you thought it was going to be one thing and it ended up being something else and you had to go with it. And, make and best-
1: I had wrote Good Time Charlie a long letter, a long letter and apologizing and telling him about, sorry for taking that job, but I, I have mouths to feed and I've applied yeah. for you several times. You know who I am. You've known who I am since I was a little boy and you've chosen to never, ever help me. Like that yeah. was... He would bring guys in from Amsterdam, Sacramento, L.A. And I was a young boy who was in love with tattoos, in love with his shop. And he absolutely would not help me. Yeah.
0: It seems like you always had a soft spot for people that kind of have that similar story, you know, like nobody wants to help them or let them. Because I was kind of even like that, you know, when I came to your guys' shop, you know, like at that point. Yeah. I I needed that guidance like that, you know. And I feel like yeah. you've been there for quite a few people. Do you think that was like the influence that, like because you didn't want that to, like because it was that way for you, you know?
1: Um, yes. Yes. If people approached it the right way and I could tell they loved it in their eyes, yes. Yeah. Um, sadly, Brian, that I've, I think I've apprenticed and taught people yeah. uh, 11 people about the tattoo industry, right? And two of them made it super famous, right? And when they were asked in tattoo magazine, who apprenticed you? They said, I was self-taught. Oh, shit. That broke my heart. Yeah. One other kid lied and said some famous guy apprenticed him that he worked with for only a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. One other person's a fucking drunk, you know? The other person's... uh. Doesn't even tattoo no more. Like, yeah. You're the only one who's you're the only per- person who ever appreciated it. That's fucking crazy, huh?
0: <laughs> Shit, man. It comes yeah. out of you know, least least expected people sometimes. I think you know. Yeah. In, in situations so, that, that affect you, you know, kind of like your own.
1: Yeah. So I had took that job at at House of Styles, and I had worked there for like three years. And I made all new friends. I made I had apprenticed this other tattoo artist by the name of Bear, and he yeah. became my best friend. And um, and then Bear was really cool with Jopa. They had something in common. They smoked a lot of pot. And, <laughs> and Bear always had weed, so he would always go hang out with Jopa. They, lo- they like tattoos, they like smoking weed. Yeah. And Jopa had always known who I was. So after a couple of years, House of Styles was a, was a bong shop, and um, I had made a good name for myself. It was time for me to move on after a couple of years. I need to be in a real tattoo shop, you know. And um, Barrett came and said, "Hey, Jopa offered you a job if you want to go." And he was amazing. So I got to go work with Jopa. And Jopa taught me about flow, about the body about making sure your characters are facing forward, not backwards, making sure everything's proportionate to the body so that it flows down the arm, it flows down the leg. If it's a flat area on the body, do it flat. If it's a bending zone, uh, use it to your, you know what I mean? He he taught me about the Japanese style and why it makes sense and why they do it certain ways and why they don't tattoo on hands, necks, feet, sternum. He taught me who Bob Tyrell was yeah, he didn't teach me how to tattoo. before did that,
3: it's but the he taught me how,
1: He yeah, taught me like how a, to. They, go yeah. ahead.
0: They're like they right, like the, the ten people that surround you the most kind of like make you who you are. You know, so you have that group, so it kind of started making you more artistically yeah. influenced. Then, yeah,
1: yeah yes, cool. and um, and uh, I was really I learned the most from Jopa. Jopo, I learned the most. I learned how to do portraits from him, and he didn't teach me. I just fucking copied him. You know? (laughs) Um, Sometimes he would sit behind uh, me and go, that's facing backwards. Place this here. Don't do it that color. You know what I mean? Jopo was just fucking bad, dude. He was just amazing
0: tattoo. And and humble enough to be like open like that, too. That's cool. You know, it's good to be around people like that. Super funny.
1: Yeah, super funny, super cool, dude. I, I really enjoyed working with Jopa. And he had a he had a shop called Karma Tattoo on McHenry. I was still on the boulevard. And then and then he lost that shop. He had gotten to an argument and we and with the owner and she was like, get the fuck out. And put I had my son was gonna be two at the time. And that really fucked me up. And I didn't have a job and I didn't know what I was gonna do. And I had There there wasn't a lot of tattoo shops opened at the time. There was still end of the trail. Really not, uh, there wasn't any, you know. So I had to go rent this small room in a hair salon, all women hair salon in the back of it with the back entrance. Mm
3: -hmm. And I
1: worked there for two years and I was really depressed because I wanted to be in a shop. My tattoos were looking really shitty. and uh, I was around my thirteenth year, or something like that fourteenth year, yeah, but what a lot of people don't know is that when I wanted to work at Jopa's shop, I wanted to go in and buy all new tattoo equipment and um i had so i went i didn't have enough money, so I went and took this side job at fuzio's uh to cook their bread in the morning and um so that I could buy all new tattoo equipment, you know, and then I was just gonna quit. And um, I went into their walk-in freezer and and something fell on my head and, and broke my back. And it, it really fucked me up for like six months.
3: Are you there? froze up on me. I'll wait a little bit. See if I can get you back. Still on here? Do you hear me? I, yeah, but I can't see you. I don't know Look. why. Let me this- see. You can you see me? I I just see an all black screen. Oh, that's me. I don't see you.
1: Oh, yeah, I just lost baby. It Mine says microphone unlimited. There we go. I can't see you, but you can see me.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're so good over here, so everything should be fine.
1: Uh, okay, I, I, I can't see you, though.
0: Okay, as long as you can hear me then it should be.
1: Updated. Oh, okay, there you are. I could I could see you. Oh.
0: Yeah, right, so, cool.
1: yeah. So I had I had uh I i I, I broke my back and yeah. um and I had I had to go to all these uh, court things and all that, and then around the fifth month I was able to go uh go work with Jopa, right? And then um but i had that settlement going from when i hurt my back you know yeah and, and um so fast forward back to me working at the hair salon it was uh, it was in downtown and i would go into the i would go out the back door and stand out at their back door and smoke blunts smoke my weed right yeah and across the street was this badass old apartment and it was Modesto's first fire station that had been made into these apartments. And it had caught on fire one time and some people had died in it. And it had a little cool history about it. It sat it sat next to this church that was a speakeasy, a lot of people don't know for Al Capone back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. it, it was a fire station back when they used to do it with wagon. Cars weren't even around then, right? Yeah. And um I thought it was just the coolest building and I was like, man, if I could if I could do you know anything to fucking rent that place and turn it into a tattoo shop. I visualize what it would look like and all that. Um, and then like 2 years after working at that salon, my lawyer called me and was like, "Hey, we got you a settlement." And yeah. I looked across the street at that moment and uh when he had called me at that hair salon in that building was for rent and it was for dirt cheap and all that and i was like where do i pick up the check
0: yeah so
1: i went and got my check and i opened up wayne allen's red dragon tattoos <laughs>
0: hell yeah man yeah. the opportunity arose you know that's cool huh how that yeah. happened.
1: that's yeah. kind
0: of, when i was looking for this place it was like uh like i saw this place it was just like a perfect little spot and it was just like every month it seemed like they were posting it for a little bit less and a little bit less and i was like i just need to jump on that yeah and it (laughs) it worked yeah we spent every dollar we had at the time and i plan on making you know one of these episodes about that soon too like how i started a shop on just like two grand you know only and like building it up from there and stuff so it's like it's not impossible for people to do that, you know, like, people have these dreams and hopes and stuff, but they're just, like, uh, it's hard to pull the trigger sometimes, you know, so it's cool and good to hear these stories, and the, you know, like, the, um, the trials and tribulations that we go through as tattoo artists, you know, like, in learning, and, like, uh, the walls we face like that, you know, like, we're not alone, and you know, we all kind of go through the same things
1: on us. Yeah, 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 and, and it's good to have help you know when i all those years when nobody would help me yeah i it, I, I used to piss me off dude you know especially yeah. in, especially it's people you look up to and they know you need the help you know yeah. like, it, look, look behind me my, my see all that flash yeah. my my personal tattoo room is decorated like into the trail. right you know you know so that if you okay. would go why and i was like that's what i grew up on yeah you know. Regardless if they don't want to help me or not, I'm not gonna, um, you know, I'm not gonna lower what, what, what influenced me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I uh, I still thought think End of the Trail is the best shop in the world. I would love to own it or work there someday. You know what I mean? Or own a shop like that. You know? Yeah. Um. But boy, did they make it hard on me. They talked a lot of shit yeah. about me growing up. They would say, man, Scorp- yeah, we know Scorpio. His, his art shit. He's a scratch artist. They would talk mad yeah. shit about me, you know?
0: Yeah, I remember even when I started, it was like that too, you know? I think the uh, like the tattoo artists feel like hostile, like this is my territory, you know? Like you know, I don't want someone stepping in on it or something like that, you know? Yeah. Especially like if, uh, if they feel like it's easy to squash you down while you're, while you're starting you know, because you're not as good or something, you know what I mean? Instead of lifting you up or whatever, um, then they can, you know, they, they feel like if they do it early on, that's the best time or something, you know? Like, uh, get rid of you before you have any confidence or skill, you know? But yeah. it takes a certain kind of mindset to get past the scrutinization that the tech industry is going to throw at you, you know, because there's no real room for, like, people that are, like, uh, not not strong-minded enough, you know, to make it through that, you know? Yeah, yeah that way but now yeah. it's a little different i think obviously that's you know, a lot different now it's
1: actually. it's way fucking different because things evolve but yeah, yeah it, it's, it's way way different but like
0: is it is there good and bad things in the way it's different though
1: in your opinion like, well yeah a lot of these, uh, a lot of tattoos that are being done a lot of these hardcore color portraits and black and gray yeah. pit portraits that don't offer a lot of foundations, people getting carried away with uh, their smoky f- smoke effects, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all that sh- work is shit. Like, yeah. it will it will mush together. It's not, the, the Japanese already figured it out years ago, what are the things you need in tattoo, how they need to be applied, where on the body you should tattoo them, you know what I mean? Yeah, so um, it's
0: like artists that's been working like as long as you have, you know, like, that's probably something they're really interested in, you know. Further in your career, it's like longevity. You know how long do these tattoos hold up, like that too, yeah.
1: Dude, so everybody like, like uh, other like there's a there's a lot of amazing color portrait tattoo artists, right? Yeah. And, but a lot, a lot of people a lot of people don't know that in the early '90s, immediately color portraits became hot, right? Oh, yeah. There was a guy named Boris and Stefan. Who were doing them in the 90s amazing ones right and they just turned to shit
2: yeah. Fat.
1: those guys don't even tattoo no more because of the, because of the amount of beautiful work that turned to shit and they were having to go and touch yeah. them up and, and that would um, be
0: worse because of um, like photo editing and stuff like that you know i think like
1: uh, yes yeah, a lot of tattoos right now Online that you see are so filtered. It reminds me of yes. girls filtering their faces when they take pictures. That is not what the tattoo looks like. It's so unrealistic. Dude, it's
0: just blacks, you know, like the darkest blacks and
1: the. the all that black. is all that is photoshopped in. You <laughs> know, adding blacks and adding color, and
0: yeah.
1: and blurring out the background. Like, just take a fucking picture. Let's see what it really looks like. You know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, and it's almost like if
0: you don't do it though, then it's hard to even like match up online, you know, like your presentation is even like harder than now. Like it's like expected. You have to do you know? it.
1: So many so many boys yeah. are filtering and photoshopping their tattoos, you absolutely have to do it. Yeah, in some way and like
0: for me, like, I try to just at least keep it minimal to where it's, like, you know, like, if you're gonna edit it at all, try to make it where it actually looks like what it does in real life, like, not over-editing to the point where it's, like, unrealistically, you know, like, contrasts are crazy and shit, you yeah. know? Yeah, so, that's one big thing I see that that definitely is negative, you know? But the positives are cool, too, because it's so quick, like, I see people go, like, two or three years now, and they're amazing, kind of like the, you know, Joppa guys and stuff like that, you know, they have, yeah. like, but there's more content for them to absorb. there's more like they could just YouTube it, like how to do this or that you know a lot of times you could find stuff like that. It's pretty cool to see like I at a show in um, North Carolina, and the guy next to me had only been tattooing three years and he was doing portraits that were just mind blowing you know like really good and it's just like so common nowadays with all this you know so that's one good thing I guess about tattooing nowadays, you know yeah, uh, so be quicker of a of a um Climb, I guess into the skill side, but then there's like such a large pool now that it's different too. Where it's like maybe when you were younger, you know, there, like you were saying, there's like three to five artists in an area like that, where there's like 35, 36 shops now in Modesto. Yeah. With hundreds of artists, you know? Yeah. So there's large pool So then now, like, it seems like the biggest shop in the area is kind of like probably Emerald Tattoo, in my opinion. You know, um, Josh Hughes, uh, Red over there, he's doing really big things with like, Five different shops he's got like a huge brand now you know what I mean yeah he's a businessman yeah so I mean that's like what I think I see now is more like the businessman yeah getting involved with the industry and it's kind of changing a lot of different things because of that you know you kind of like leave the business up to the business guys and compartmentalize your business to where the artists just do like the art and the stuff they're best at you know like I think that's how it'll be probably in the future
1: right uh, yeah I think with tattooing, this is how I feel. With tattooing, I became a tattoo artist because, number one, <clears throat> I was from the streets. I was raised in the ghetto. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, number one, I, it stuck with me about being the coolest guy in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, but when I first started tattooing, we tattooed on uh, bikers, sailors, gang members, yeah. strippers, and hookers only. You know what I mean? Really, yeah. that's who we tattooed on. Yeah. and now anybody everybody anybody can do a tattoo and everybody can do a tattoo and to be honest i i tattooed i tattooed mostly because it was sacred now nothing sacred in tattooing anymore nothing nothing yeah. is sacred anymore in tattooing and That's it's true. just it, it it made me fall out of love with tattooing you know i have a yeah. lot of good advice you know for young tattoo artists coming up now i think they got a hold of it but like I would tell all my apprentices: the tattoo artists aren't just the coolest guys in the world; they're human copy machines. If you want to learn to do a tattoo, learn how to copy everything, every piece of flash, (laughs) anything off the internet. If it's cool art and you like it, put a piece of tracing paper over it and copy it. Yeah, definitely. Like that's that's
0: so much. I think you gave me that advice and that's what I did for years was just emulate the the greatest people I could find, you know, And even if it was just a straw in the haystack of what they could create. It's still some, you know, like one step
1: closer to attaining that level. And I noticed boys that didn't. So the, the boys that stuck to one style made it famous faster. Yeah. Who never, ever, at, they made it famous faster they never did any other kind of style no matter how much money was on the line from paul booth to bob tyrell to guy atchison to tony sabaro uh the list goes on yeah the boys that stick to their style only make the most money and i didn't yeah. do that i didn't do that i always want to tattoo something butt rocky <laughs> Something black and they gray. The
0: style too. Now I think there's there is this pool though that's kind of cool that uh, of like younger artists that are like oh super into being like traditionalists now you know like to where it's like that's their thing like they only want to do the old school stuff they're bringing it back you know they're really about keeping it like sacred they even like some people are even making their own needles again and all kinds of stuff you know I'm trying to do that But, like there's like, like that some lost art that's a
1: lost what? art
3: thing.
0: that's a lost yeah. art. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, there's no yeah. point in that,
1: but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you might as well go build uh, an old 32 Ford hot rod. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, it's, that's so what it is, right? More than yeah, but the, the demographic in that is so fucking small nowadays. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're doing, when boys are doing shit with 3D effect and yeah. we have cartridges that make tattooing three times longer, you yeah. know,
0: you when's the uh last time you've been to a convention has it been a
1: while i don't go to those
0: yeah it's been a ever since,
1: years. Mm, well no ever since they stole ink masters from me and put it on tv
0: yeah
1: I mean, there's another ink
0: master convention too now yeah you yeah. Big know. That. <laughs> yeah you know i yeah they love that you
1: know I, I threw that convention for years wayne allen's ink master's tattoo show and for Spike TV and Dave Navarro to come in and steal the name from me and tell me I can't use my own show because we're putting it on TV. A yeah. contest to the host? And you did you know? that show for how many years before that? I yeah. did Skink and then I did two private ink masters. In at like I would do private events, at like I would just rent bars, you know, yeah. And do and do contests there, you know, private. Yeah. I would do two, two contests there, private contests, And then I started renting the fairgrounds for the last two years three years and yeah. um and i used to do the skin and ink skink it was called skin and ink skink
2: so oh yeah
1: that was my first one you know okay and i did four of the ink masters two private ink masters and then two public ones two massive public ones where eleven thousand yeah. people would show up on a weekend and we would i would hold so- contests you know and yeah, and that was an yeah. early
0: convention too. There was like, you know, in the '90s, like that or whatever. I feel like you know, conventions are still pretty like far and few in between. Maybe you know now it's like you can look at any weekend of the whole year, and there's going to be con- multiple conventions all over the place. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that was there different, was, too, probably right?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's three conventions. The, yeah. the Pomona, the Pomona, the San Francisco. Oh, the Sacramento, the Modesto, the Fresno, and the Reno. Yeah. So, and they were spread apart. We made sure, we, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: And um, and the boys who, who would come were amazing. And I was really thankful because what's really fucked up is that all the tattoo shops from the surrounding area, the county, all that... Um, they would all show up except for Chow and Good Time Charlie. Uh, <laughs> the two people that you know what I mean? That I looked up to the most were the for the two people who were like, Fuck you and your
0: show. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> up, <huh?
1: laughs> that's
0: how it was back then, huh? Like, yeah, I think it's so much different now where it's, it's like, how it is.
1: that's probably still how it is now, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Some places I think so, you know. I think it's a little less Throughout, though, you know, like when I go to shows, I feel like people are more humble, like willing to kind of share information or even or like just talk and just be nice, you know. Like there's so many seminars to take now too and stuff. You could just spend $200 and sit with Bob tyrell for five hours while he does a portrait and stuff. Now, yeah, you know, like, wasn't
1: like Bob's that. cool. Yeah, Bob's cool. You know what I mean? I hang out with Bob. He's humble as fuck. He's cool. Yeah. As fuck he, he Bob is fucking cool. That's what's really funny is that. The idols in my hometown don't want nothing to do with me, right? <laughs> but my idols out of the magazine think – Bob thinks I'm more famous than he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's weird because I'm yeah. on TV because my, my whole acting thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he's cool as fuck. You know what I mean? All yeah. all of my idols – Paul Booth's cool as fuck to me. Nico, cool as fuck to me. You know? Jack Williams, yeah. cool as fuck. But my idols from my hometown, don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think maybe
0: the biggest guys like that that you just named, though, are, like, past the point of ego, even. You know what I mean? Like, they don't need that recognition, or they don't need to be better than anybody. They know who they are and where they're at, you know?
1: Okay, I can accept that. I can take that into consideration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, you're always going to be just competition, probably, to people in town or something, you know? Like, in their mind. Yeah. Just, like, yeah, I feel like once I left town, too, like, uh, people – maybe have been nicer from that area to me you know, and more accepting and stuff like that. Like been able yeah. to make better connections from hometown by leaving and making my, my name elsewhere and stuff, you know, and like trying to join the bigger circuit and stuff of people that are like traveling and doing these other things, these shows and stuff, you know, it's like a, the next level in my mind or whatever, if I could get to that one, then, then I don't have to worry about, you know, any of my local competition because we're competing globally and stuff at that point, you know?
1: yeah yeah and i've always thought the the exact different people would always oh. go dude you don't want to travel and and get magazines and all that yeah. and i used to always say i don't give a fuck with the guy in the yeah. next state's doing yeah dude, like my I mean, competition is my competition's right around the fucking corner i only care what's going on in this fucking town you yeah. know what i mean like well, that's I'm cool not- too.
0: i respect that a lot actually there's like yeah. a lot of guys that do both too, you know. Like I was just listening to a different interview. A guy was talking about how when he's at home, he does all walk-in stuff and just like has like a normal shop that you know does a eight-hour a day thing, like a regular shop, street shop kind of deal. And then when he goes to shows, though, he has this like Kelly Dottie style work, you know, like very specific, like dark, like Tim Burton style stuff. And he only does that. Well, that's when he
1: says, yeah. cool. That's yeah. cool. So he only he only has his his uh, show style that he does
0: yeah so when he does that travel and people are like they want that specific style they'll pay a little more for it you know when he goes home he's just uh old school tattooer i guess you know and it's like yeah. that's an interesting I way to be able to satisfy both needs you know because i kind of sometimes i'm like i wish i could just do that and you know sometimes i'm like it's a burden to keep up on all the social media stuff and all that sometimes you know i just wish yeah. i could just be a local name
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah, there's perks to both, I guess, you know. But, so are you excited to do the convention with me then now? I think it's going to be Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited, you know. It's been a long time. I think it'd be cool, too, because you're you're really, like, a historic artist for the area, too, you know. And, like, you haven't been there in so long. it just be really cool to have you, like, in my booth with me, too, to kind of, like, pass the torch almost or whatever, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah I, 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 I love all that. And I'm I'm honored to be in your booth, especially with you blowing up right now. You know what I mean, and um, and you have your new style that is super fucking hot. People are eating it up, you know, and it'll grow. Right now, it kind of it might seem like, yeah, but I only did that tattoo. For um, I saw a really cool interview with um, Carl Grace, the black and gray yeah. scary tattoo artist. Right, he does all the yeah. scary stuff. Yeah. Saw a cool interview with him that I want to share with you, and he was like, if you have a style and you want to be known for that style he started off his first year he would just do hundred dollar tattoos for yeah. bucks, right and he said four of those tattoos is what made him famous That's huh. all he only took four of those hundred dollar tattoos yeah. you know the other ones he didn't mind he was doing them so cheap because his style was taking off and now he has three hundred and fifty dollar an hour minimum or whatever it is, hundred dollar whatever yeah. it is. You know. um, but because he stuck with that style and he damn near was giving it away for free to get it out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now he gets, now he gets. Yeah, books. that's like that's some
0: old Gary V type shit, right? Is like jab, 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 right hook, right? You know what I mean? You got to give value, yes. give value, and then. Yes. You ask for something back, you know, then your value is worth enough for them to pay that price you're worth, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. So, and and it and it was really good. You know what I mean? Took four tattoos to get famous. Yeah, and and he had dedicated himself that hundred dollar deal. I think for a year or something like that. It's a good interview, but it it, for for young tattoo artists who I always wish I would have found a style that I loved and just stuck with it you know but I had to do color stuff and Japanese stuff and yeah. and um
0: well with that location that you put the Red Dragon in it was like perfect you know like it was like you're getting people from everywhere it's just downtown right there um yeah. you guys were busy too all the time I remember, yeah they yeah.
1: always say location 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 never open up your business on a one-way street right yeah and I did and it blew like it broke every barrier yeah thing you know what i mean like on a one-way road with a little parking <laughs> lot and a little tiny building and it it was uh it was like up. a
0: private clubhouse though you felt like cool in there you know when you go yeah. in there there's a vibe yeah. Yeah. there's some magic going on you know definitely yeah, some
1: magic going on yeah <laughs> the,
0: yeah the i remember road. getting my first tattoo there and that's kind of what like, kind of like you know one made me want a tattoo too it's just like being in that shop kind of scene felt cool as shit right yeah that. yeah <laughs> i just imagine you know like this is what you guys do all day you just sit here and you know you have fun and talk shit and you know like smoke weed and cheers at the end of the day or whatever you know what i mean just like, like that brain just like that. Yes. every day and then when i got in there that's that's how it was it was a blast every day you know yeah but yeah i think that i think everybody gets to that point like you're saying wherever you're like maybe not you face yourself in your own you know like you're like i think I could do better than this you know And you have to demand like higher level of like whatever it is art or business you know what i mean and i was like oh, yeah. i just want to like, spread my wings and learn even more you know and i think like everybody gets to that point and then it's either like fall or or fly right yeah at that yeah, I mean, point
1: no you just fly yeah yeah i don't see too many people falling brian i really don't when people spread their wings i don't ever see them fall when people decide to jump and spread their wings uh, i usually they people take off dude yeah you
0: just gotta go all in right Uh, that's what Gotta go
1: all in like um,
0: uh, jose martinez was from mfh he was the one that told me um like just give up on regular life that's how you're gonna become a tattoo artist you know yeah (laughs) yeah and that's exactly what i did from then on I, i just stopped trying to get normal jobs on the side or do anything else like that's all I focused on and, and that's I such think, a powerful thing.
1: Yeah, I think the only non-benefit to really being, to being a tattoo artist is we don't get um, benefits, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure there's a union yes. out there. There's private union tattoos, yes. you know. Right. but yeah, you just um, have to take
0: care of yourself, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, cause like, especially like early on when I was like 19 or something, I didn't think about any of that shit, right? and now it's like a dad and everything and i'm almost 30 you know i'm like thinking differently I'm like, i got life insurance and stuff
1: you know <laughs> a lot of cat, a lot of tattoo artists forget that and i never ever forgot that yeah. i don't have benefits so i don't eat sugar right none yeah um i don't eat meat none I exercise eat-
0: right a lot is still i
1: yeah i don't drink uh milk i don't drink alcohol and a lot of people go, man, you're so healthy. And I said, I don't have a choice. I don't fucking have benefits. Yeah. I'm a tattoo yeah, artist. i a
0: tattoo uh, One of my uh, guys that I follow on Facebook is like, he just got, just won a cool award for like, I don't know, six artists ever, in the world or something. But then like the next day I saw him put a post up that said he, he sneezed and slipped his, his back out. You know? <laughs> it does not matter how much money you make, you can't even fucking crawl out of bed, you know, because you're not secret you Yeah,
1: and, and you know, and that's why I'm. That's why I'm consistently training, training. I go to my jujitsu every tonight. I go, you know, yeah. I I do all my stretching. I I really take care of my body because I don't have benefits, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true, man. That's really good advice.
0: Like, take care of yourself, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> take care this of your is, back from what chair you sit on don't compromise with the chair don't yeah. compromise uh, don't compromise uh, uh, um, crossing the body when you tattoo like this that's a good way to fuck yourself yeah. up you want to be right here you know what I mean right here yeah. you, all your setup has to be on this side not on this yeah. side you don't want to be doing this shit <laughs> you know
0: and there's He's a like lot that. of uh, like thirty year ish veterans that are trying really hard on this now. Like uh, Dirk Morrison is doing a seminar even where he teaches like how to you know preventative like uh, exercises and stuff like that for people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think really smart and, and now there too. Like there's a tattoo like vitamin supplements and all kinds
1: of stuff that people are coming out on. I, I get up and I do all my back stretches. I have one. You I have one of those rolling pins, those round ones.
0: Nice. Yeah. You know.
1: And I, do you have one?
0: Uh, but I do some yoga. Yeah, that's what my. Go
1: get one of those rolling pins and just roll your back out. Just
0: lay yeah. on it and
1: roll it out and roll it out and just like it's a tortilla, and <laughs> it, 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 you won't have back problems.
0: Yeah, another one of my friends goes to this lady that uses this thing. It looks like a blade almost, and they like scrape it into his muscles, and it looks pretty crazy. It's like fascia. Uh, Uh, massage therapy yeah Uh, that shit looks crazy but he said it's that's like top of the line for tattoo artists too yeah
1: yeah you know and take care you take care of your body your health you don't see me drinking alcohol you know what i mean uh i I remember you used to do
0: what was it one year on one year off. yeah for
1: 17 years for 17 (laughs) years when i did drink alcohol i would drink for 365 days and then on new year's i would stop at exactly midnight and not drink for 365 days. I would smoke weed for 365 days, <laughs> and then I would at midnight. I would wait till five, four, three, two, one. Take my first shot, and then I would drink for 365. Days. That's you know, a lot of discipline, though,
0: man. For like that many years, you know. <laughs> one
1: year on, one year off, one year on, one year off. But I had to. <laughs> I had kids, and I'm, I'm a tattoo artist, man. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, it's been a weird experience having a kid now, too. He's three, and like we bring him with us at uh, every convention, all the stuff we do. It's kind of funny hearing you say that about um, Jada, you know, and, like yeah, in the little clay pen next to you and stuff. Is so yeah,
1: yeah, my cool. daughter was raised in a tattoo shop, you know, both my kids tattooed me when they turned seven, you know, that was a tradition. I always th- think that you stick with the traditions, uh, you know, get your apprenticeship, um, um. Which I tried to get an apprenticeship. I just didn't know I was getting the wrong one. You know what I mean? But yeah. get your get your apprenticeship. Um, Don't
0: People, right?
1: Uh, yeah, Yeah. not
0: an apprenticeship. How helpful it was, you know, just to be around like certain people that are willing to be like sharing and being humble like that. You know, I think it's so important. And not even an apprenticeship all the time because we just self-driven. You know, just having those surrounding. Like yeah,
1: uh, yeah. If you haven't, if you have your if you have your apprenticeship and you know how to tattoos and you're a good businessman, open up your tattoo shop and get a cracking. if you don't have an apprenticeship, yeah, you know, if I was taught this a long time ago and I don't know who made it up, but if you don't have an apprenticeship and for some reason, if you try opening up a tattoo shop before your 13th year, it'll crash. It'll crash. You'll have, for some reason, you'll have problems within that 13th year. It's really odd. You know what I mean?
0: so yeah, a lot of problems yeah you gotta so, be prepared
1: <laughs> you gotta be you gotta be prepared and i see a lot of guys who, who don't go take their apprenticeship and they just try to open a tattoo shop straight from home yeah and, there's, and it there's a lot of
0: problems on. that they face that they're not ready for that they just haven't encountered yet for sure
1: so, you know and it's a it's a trial and error thing you know you. Guys, I think really lucky
0: too to like get with your shop uh, right when they were moving locations basically because i was able to yeah. understand all that uh, health uh, department and all that yeah. kind of stuff too
1: yeah that really helped and you got me. to help open a tattoo shop you got to help open a tattoo shop you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. And, and keep it established and and all that um, if you've never if been you there
0: know, beginning like that it's really imagine
1: hard. if imagine if you didn't take an apprenticeship yeah. And you didn't work with the other tattoo artists and all that. And then you tried opening up a shop. Yeah. Man. You're over your dick so hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. a lot of people, people t- doing t- it too. Or there's a lot
0: of non tattoo artists that are opening shops and just hiring
1: artists. Yeah. You know? I, I call that the four year plan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Right. There's like a whole chain of them in LA, right? How crazy is it there with tattoo shops?
1: They're owned by famous people.
0: Yeah. They're all like, mafia and shit right or something like
1: that <laughs> they uh, the mexican
0: mafia yeah, yeah some like of them Americans and stuff like that and
1: in some part of LA they'll go in and tax you
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but it's like why just tattoo shops right next to each other all the way down Rodeo Drive or something like that or whatever
1: the most amazing tattoos sh- tattoo artists in the world work in those shops too yeah like tattoo artists that aren't even famous and you go look at their books and you're like why aren't you famous mm-hmm. you know? yeah
0: It's just crazy nowadays, yeah, like how quickly people learn. And these machines, too, are just so advanced, I think, like the newest, you know, machines, like the rotary pens and stuff that they're using.
1: Just so cool. Such cool shit, yeah.
0: Yeah, the technology's crazy. I just saw a video of, like, a convention yesterday in Hawaii, and they're going around, and everybody's using, like, a battery pack on the end of a rubbery yeah. pin, you know? It's, like, so futuristic-looking. Like, <laughs> it's just so crazy. Yeah. I remember going into my first convention ever, and it's just, like, a beehive in there, you know, with all the buzzing and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. now you go, and it's really silent.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You got, the, you got the loyalty to the coil boys in there with attitude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely there's always those guys too that's so funny (laughs) last time i went to detroit um have you ever met
1: drunkenberg drunkenberg yeah the the tattoo machine builder the little dude
0: yeah i'm hoping to get a little interview with that guy next time man because he is like he'll talk to you for a long time and a really good conversation guy too you know what i mean so and just really knowledgeable about history and the machines and everything too yeah just got to get something going with him i like those coil guys a lot too just like holds on a piece of it like
1: that have you interviewed bob yet
0: no i want to ask him too i'm sure he'll do it for me every year yeah. at the great expo he's always uh doing little interviews with people so i'm thinking even if i could get a little you know audio with him or something it'd be pretty cool the detroit one's coming up at the end of february so there's like some of the best of the best are out there you know like a lot of, i love going to that show so i'm just gonna try to connect with some of those dudes and see if i can get more interviews and everything because it seems like people really like the conversation thing more too you know because like i could only say so much from my own perspective
1: how, how many podcasts do you have going how, have you done one or two or three
0: no um, podcast episodes this is like my 28th episode now so uh, okay. most of them are audio so um, at first it was just all on audio and then uh, the last like four or five episodes I've been adding video now and put them on YouTube and stuff now I'm a little more comfortable podcasting and everything you know Cause, yeah like you know you seem really comfortable because you're an actor and everything you know so you're able to like really like hone in on those talking skills I think for sure you know it's paid off over the years but I've had
3: yeah
0: it, yeah <laughs> I better like learn a little more over the years uh, or over the last year of podcasting and stuff how to do all this but now it's like figuring out the conversation side but i think it's mostly listening
1: right it's mostly just asking yeah and just how to keep, i think just how to keep it pushing keep it interesting and knowing what questions to ask and, and what times to ask them and uh, yeah sometimes um i was listening to some other boys podcast and he had a person on there and i felt like telling him why don't you shut the fuck up so your guest can talk <laughs> you know what i mean
0: exactly yeah because I feel like at this point I've said enough you know from my own perspective that like now the only thing I can do to add to my podcast is getting other people to tell their stories and stuff too you
1: know yeah yeah and it's fun you know you got to learn cool little shit you know what I mean Yeah, it gives me a
0: chance to because I work alone here you know it gives me a chance to interact with other artists and like mentors and people I respect too you know and just uh, play. you know it's nice
1: (laughs) <laughs> how, how, how's your shop going this winter is it slow is it good is it cracking
0: it's been really just consistent over the last while here now you know like i stayed booked out like two three months and then i could probably do a little more if i wanted to but what i usually do is like plan like a trip or two also and then try to just fill up all the space in between so, Who do you have booked in there it's just me right now yeah really what? Been, you don't have yeah. another artist there no because it's the rent's cheap and everything you know so it's not a big deal or anything but it's just hard to find somebody that wants to live in the middle of Michigan you know it's such a random spot in the middle of nowhere yeah I I start to travel more and do more stuff I think it'll be more attractive to artists because they'll be like okay yeah you just gotta keep pushing
1: your brand just gotta keep pushing your brand
0: and that's part of this too the podcast is just like getting out my mentality and my, my perspective and then people that relate can hopefully you know come alongside too
1: what, what's your what's your average viewers right now um it is
0: like it's been like a couple hundred at most you know so okay yeah Good. it's still kind of small time you know but it's like everybody that's listening a lot of them are interacting and stuff they're messaging me you know like saying thank you or like asking questions and stuff.
1: have you ever stood and spoke up in, in front of 100 people
0: no yeah
1: that's a lot
0: dude yeah. have, you ever,
1: have you ever stood and spoke up in front of 200 people
0: no, only digitally of, That's,
1: that's four hundred years, bro. That's a lot yeah. of years. So that's I figure, that's
0: like, even if it's a classroom size, some episodes are as low as like you know thirty, forty views or something. But that's still quite a few people that are attentively listening. You know, like, yeah, you it's
1: listen. a classroom size.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, so that's a seminar. So that's good.
0: Yeah, a lot of seminars I go to are like six or seven people at most. You know, that's what's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. About this. I wish that. Well, I'm glad it's that way though, because I know, like in the future, it's gonna be even crazier. I just watched this uh, video of like a convention in China. It was like the first one they ever did it in China, and it was like a seminar that they put on for free, and there was like over a thousand people showed up to this seminar. And so I was like, man, that's the future probably of those things, you know? Like more and more people want to learn how to tattoo. They're gonna go, and the education is going to become more and more like a higher price, you know, because the values gonna be higher. So it's like, I try to tell people, go to these seminars now while well, they are only 200 bucks and then six people in the class, you know? Like there's going to be two grand and there's going to be 500 people.
1: 500 people,
0: yep. Yeah, and that's exactly how all the business courses work. You know, Grant Cardone and all those kind of guys, you know, they do like this 10 times growth program. You know, they all started small.
1: And I wish I would have went to more seminars too. It probably yeah. would have took me nine years to fucking tattoo. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah and that's what um, you know and then i tell people that you can't be afraid to like even if you feel like you lost a little bit of money on it it's like the more you take them the more chances you're gonna have to learn more stuff and be around more artists that you know you when you put yourself next to other artists it's weird how your brain's gonna like you like work off of each other and you, you learn even more you know than you would by yourself for sure yeah uh, I just took one and uh, I went to Columbus. I went to Dirk Morrison's shop, uh, yeah. at his Red Tree Gallery. and It was like a two-day seminar. And this guy, uh, Chris Kingwell, he's been tattooing since the early 80s also. He came out and did a two-day course. And the first day it was all like painting, acrylic painting and stuff. And like, he's a really amazing, like realistic acrylic painter. And then he does a lot of cover-ups and stuff. So the second day it was all like cover-up tattoos and shit like that, you know, like kind of like yep. relating Painting to the tattooing, and so like I thought I was going to learn more about cover-up tattoos, but then really it started like it, the second day taught me a bunch about painting, and then I was like, wow. <laughs> 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 so, but I fell in love more with the painting, and I've been doing a lot. About, you know, That's like, funny, uh-huh. and it does make you better too. A lot of those uh, guys that are like the really amazing color realism guys—they're like these crazy like acrylic painters too. you know, uh, notice that, uh, yeah. like Miko Hurtado, those guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I was like, there's something to it, you know what I mean? Like there's like all these other art forms influences.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, you're right. There's a connection. There's something to it, you know. And yeah. uh, you know, probably something I should have got more involved in, you know. Uh uh that that uh Derb Morrison, he he throws a cool tattoo convention, huh? He throws what is it? The the Yeah, Hell the City? Detroit one? Uh, Hell he City, knows. yeah. Yeah. He he, he, he's thrown that for like twenty years.
0: Yeah, and when I went to his shop, it was amazing, man, because he owns uh true tubes as well, the company that makes those cool, like, um memory foam grips for the uh tattoo machine tubes. Yeah, and uh, he, so he has this huge warehouse, and then upstairs, it's like nine rooms that are all private rooms, and he just uh booth rents for all of his artists.
3: Oh, okay,
0: it has a huge uh warehouse for uh, all his true tube stuff, and then they had a big ass room in the back where they just are doing seminars now and it's like the first time i've ever heard of a shop doing this where they have like an area devoted to seminars the seminar. so, yeah people are traveling to his shop from all over to do these uh, seminars you know like i drove 11 hours to get out there to take that one I mean, oh wow I, yeah it just felt like you know like a good opportunity though you know it's the first one they put on and i feel like you know, that's a cool. That's a cool thing that you could do too. That more people should probably do. You know, like just have somebody come guest spot, do a Yeah, little. you know,
1: uh, an artist named Brandon Bond used to do stuff like that. He would yeah. fly you, in, yeah, and he would give you the ultimate treatment and just really cool shit. You know.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's more personal. Yeah, you know? it's not like at a convention. It's weird because you're paying for a booth and you have to make a certain amount back to like break even. You know, if you yeah. spend a whole day at a seminar while you're at a convention and you kind of. are not always... making no money. Exactly. So you kind of have to go to these seminars, like knowing exactly, or the like conventions, knowing exactly what you want out of it. Like, I just want to learn something, or I want to make my money back, or I want to yeah. like win an award, or whatever it is. That's kind of what I've been realizing now, like, especially talking to other artists. They're like, there's a purpose for every convention. You know, it's not always to go and and make money but sometimes you know there's other yeah. valuable things you can get out
1: my, of it my i think my favorite convention was always the lady luck show yeah. in reno yeah
0: it's
1: such a good tattoo show such a good show yeah it's it's, it's, small, great. it's, personal, um, it's in the casino you know it's really good show and but they yeah. used to have a lot of really good seminars there too
0: nice yeah the seminars are cool man i feel like they're getting bigger it took a Went to the New York Tattoo Convention, too. That was, like, the biggest one I ever went to. Like, three floors in the Hilton in downtown. Was that uh,
1: was that Paul's show?
0: It, yeah, it's Paul Booth's show. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy one, man, yeah. And, like, he wasn't even there most of the day. I just kept going by his booth and talking to uh, his manager, or his lady or whatever and stuff, trying to be like, when's he going to be here, you know? Because I knew you're such a big fan. I was hoping uh, you know, just... Yeah rub was with the guy for a second or whatever but he's so popular you know it's like if he walks in the room everybody just clamors around him kind of like oh i
1: still the- i still do that
0: yeah no you know there's like uh, it just seems to be like that whereas that's kind of weird huh like so, sometimes they get to that point like the ink masters are a lot like that when i go to those shows like you you go over and you see them tattooing like the girl that won the last one ryan ashley like there was, like, hundreds of people around her while she's tattooing some little, you know, like, <laughs> piece on something. I mean,
1: I've never watched one of those shows.
0: Yeah.
1: I've never it's seen so, one of so,
0: It's so crazy how, you know, like, it, you could get on that show and, yeah, like, it shows to, you know, 25 million people or whatever. So all of a sudden, you're, like, the you're famous shit. Yeah. the hot shit yeah and like uh, what happened to camp on d you know it's it the craziest shit because she was like the biggest thing forever and then actually just like makeup brand and stuff you know it's, it's crazy how things change uh and how like quickly you know someone could blow up and replace someone else so it's like you never know when your opportunity is gonna come i guess you know you just gotta be prepared right and it's
1: <laughs> and it, it's, it's got to be hard to be known to be known for portraits and yeah. then right up the road from her are two little bald cholo mexican dudes who work in a <laughs> tattoo shop and from their floor to their ceiling wallpapered every single plaque says first place best black yep. and gray portrait
0: there's so many of those guys too it's the crazy part when you go to a yep. show it's like every every other booth is full of like just top great portraits you know that's why i kind of have um, moved away from doing so many portraits or whatever and that was the interest of mine for a while but now it's like there's just so many people that that's their thing that's all they do when i'll go to those shows like i want to have something unique too you know that's not like every other booth has like the same pictures almost you know like it's all like everyone did, like, the Avengers, or, like, all the Marvel characters, and, like, yeah. you know, like, all the gangsters of the past, like, stuff like that, you know, famous movie characters, and they're all amazing, like, every single one of them, so it's, like, I want to create something, I guess, that's, like, a little more, like, out of my heart, or whatever, you know, unique, instead of just trying to, like, emulate exactly what I see on paper, like, just create something that's new, and, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, like, a little different, uh, the mentality. Like, I noticed there's, like, kind of a split in that. Like, there's either, like, the traditionalist people or there's, like, the, you know, people who want to make shit as real as possible and just take the photograph and Xerox that shit on skin. And then there's, like, this in-between where it's, like, kind of want to create something that's different. Or, or, there's,
1: a, or there's those fucking douchey American traditionals with the handlebar mustache.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of that, too, right? It's, like, a...
1: Fucking idiot. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I stay, I stay away from those guys at tattoo shows.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they have their own little circle, even you
1: know. <laughs> they wear the white T-shirts and still roll up their cigarette packs, and they're yeah. still so pork to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like a yeah, like yeah i don't know what to call calling them. yeah traditionalists you know like, that's what they're trying to keep it keeping cool.
1: boo. <laughs> the biggest fucking crybabies when it comes to tattoos i only use coils i <laughs> use. I, I that's my pigment powder i mixed right. myself like get the that's fuck right. out you
0: of here a lot of that like arguing on um like some of the groups i'm in with tattoo artists and it's like oh you should only do it this way or you should only do it that way but i think it's like whatever works right like whatever makes it look Good
1: in the end, and makes the client happy, and right or yes, right. <laughs> I, think like the, I think they need to shut the fuck up and let their master artist tell them what what should how they yeah. should do it. It's not their responsibility or their fucking client. You know, go play with your handlebar mustache and shut the fuck up. <laughs> go lay right. your big thick eleven round fucking <laughs> outlines. <laughs> you know what I mean? And your yeah. one color packing. And keep it simple, and keep it pushing. Like, get the fuck out of here with that.
0: Yeah. Don't be, don't
1: be that creative.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's true, though, because there's like a level of like, like where it's like, maybe that's too much, too, though, where it's not going to hold up over time or any, you know what I mean? But then also, there's a level where it's too much. Like, hey, you don't have to stay in 1920,
1: you know? Yes, there is a such thing as making sure that your tattoos are compatible and have longevity and last forever at the most creative value that you have to offer. Other than that, shut the fuck up with your simple art. Okay. Nobody gives a fuck about your little simple art other than your clients. And nobody's telling them, don't let them tattoo you with the big 11 round and do one color. (laughs) So it looks like a fucking badge or a patch on you. Shut (laughs) up. I can't stand the fucking American traditional artists, bro. I never have. I never liked them. You know, (laughs) they're fucking palmiering in their fucking hair. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I
0: mean, I can relate, man. I started out with just, like, all guys out of prison, you know? Like, uh, this that's how they all learned, you know? Like, they made their own machines, like you're talking about. Everybody kind of, like, carved their path. They they didn't, like, have some coattails to follow or anything. You know, I respect that, though a different way of making your way you know it's not like... i
1: like fucking devils and demons and skulls with flames and i like yeah. my cat who arts to throw fucking devil horns whenever you walk past them you know what i mean like yeah i like i don't like boo 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 i'm loyal to the yeah for yeah you, absolutely man i need some flux for my solder and my needles Get the fuck out of here i can't stand those dudes yeah
0: what <laughs> like, yeah definitely you know like and people act like a, the rotary is like a new tool or something. It's like it's been around.
1: rotary over. was the first tattoo machine. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it was yeah. the prison machine. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: People are crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And it's like a
0: thing too, though. I think everybody wants to know something and somebody else doesn't know or something. You know? So they yeah. they want to be the wise elder. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like is you know if we're young we have to be humble i think and like uh, can listen to our elders so i think
1: you know and and hey, there's a gotta lot car- you got to be careful too because your elders can steer you the wrong way you know what i mean that's true yeah your elders yeah. can give you some really fucking bad advice mine did my elders when i was you know the 40 37 year old man that was telling me about tattoos was telling me how yeah. to do it. he thought he was giving me good advice But he wasn't. And 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 sometimes you have to learn
0: how not to do it too, right?
1: I always tell people, yeah, I always tell my apprentices, I'm going to teach you how to tattoo. But when you see things that I do that are, that you know are not correct, then don't do it. You just go, well, I know that's not right. So I'm not going to do that. I'll do a little bit of what he said about this subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because some, I've always, always been aware that there's a better way than what I'm teaching. And yeah. sometimes young artists can figure it out from themselves. So if I'm trying to teach you something that you know for a fact is not right, just entertain me with you paying attention for a while. Take it into consideration and use what you can out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to know when to go well, I know that's not right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's that's true, man. That's good advice for anybody, too. Like just, And for, you know, like when they're listening to anybody, just to be able to, to yeah, decipher when and when it's not, like, the greatest piece of advice or if they maybe have a better route to it, you know, it's not it's not impossible for them to find that out. That's true. Man, yeah. It's like a really good conversation, though. I really appreciate everything.
1: Yeah, no problem, bro. Um, I I actually have to close it. Uh, yeah. I got I got my lady out here waiting. Uh, yeah. No, I agree. Waiting stuff, but I really <laughs> appreciate I really appreciate you uh having me on this. I don't I don't know, I don't even know where to see this or where to. I don't I you know what I mean. I'm not a podcast guy, <laughs> you know.
0: So, hey. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I really appreciate you giving me your time, you know, and just telling the story a little bit. Everybody's gonna really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you again, man, when I come out there. That's yeah. Uh,
1: you we'll know, have fun at the what well, well, and I and I'm you're excited about me being there. I'm excited about you being there because your new style is working. And yeah. although you're not although you're not uh, putting out tons of work right now, it's right. You, you have to remember Bob tattoos at his house, but he tattoos one style that takes him all over the fucking world. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. uh, don't worry about right now if you're not putting out. Just stick with your style. Maybe do what that guy said about you have your show style. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have your show car, and then you have your car you drive around town. You know what I mean?
0: It <laughs> makes so, sense.
1: Yeah, you know. You gotta pay the
0: bills, but, you know, like, there is, like, a, yeah, there's, like, another level you could get to with training like that, I think, for sure. On a global scale.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So, I'm working on it, man,
1: yeah. I know, and I know <laughs> it's hard, it, it's gotta be hard to stick with one style and, and stuff, but you, you can't abandon it because it it it's hot, it sells, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I would put out a little bit more of those iPad drawings that people are doing these days. Oh, yeah, You know, I I'll, I'm noticing that the boys that are doing the iPad drawings and, and stuff like that. Yeah, they're most, yeah, they're really making the most money. You know, yeah. so I would bang out a lot of those watercolor designs that you have, but on an iPad and really just yeah. push those. You know, yeah, that's how I
0: design everything too. I feel like it's
1: the best way now
0: you resize everything so easily and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah. So just yeah. I would I would just put out a, a lot more um, a lot more of your drawings in that style to really give it a good push. You know? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. All right. I will do that.
1: Because if you're like, I don't have any tattoos to show. Yeah, but you have that cool fucking drawing you did on your iPad last night. Yeah, that's just true. Shove that shit down their throat. You know? Right. That's, that's my advice. Always shove that style down their throat. You know? So that's that, that that those boys make the most money and, and have longevity in the career, in this career. Yeah, and
0: that's just how it is now too, right? Like as he, as it goes forward, everyone's just going to get better and better. The level's going to get higher and higher. And so, like if you're not a specialist, it's like it's going to be down here while
1: everyone else is. And you need to be a, first. You need to become a specialist, and then you need to become a, It should only take you about seven years to master that style, and then before you know it, you have a style that's mastered completely. You just got to put the time in.
0: Yeah, it's like Bruce Lee says, right? Like he doesn't fear the man who knows a thousand kicks, but the man who's practiced one kick a thousand times.
1: Yes, exactly like that. Yeah. It's
0: hell
1: yeah. That's like a so, good.
0: I think that's like a good, really good way to end, actually.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you, and um, exactly. I hope this gets a lot of good views, and I hope you do great. I can't wait to see you. I love you. Love you and too. I man. Wish I you the best of you. luck. You always
0: know, get me in a good mood. I'm looking forward to this week now. Appreciate everything.
1: And not only that, you have the coolest tattoo shop name, on this in 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 the world. So that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. you the that's best you of best.
0: luck, and
3: I love man, you. Man. love
0: you. <laughs> Alright, well.